So, <laughs> appearing to what so. If the what so is identified with a body, it will be appearing to what so, and it will seem real because you will lend it reality. You and I. Yeah? So, selfing can only produce a sense, it cannot make a self. It can make a self, but it can't, it doesn't create a self. It makes one. It infers one. It assumes one. It implies one. But it can't make anything. It has to have you to believe in it. Yeah? So, it can only appear real to what is real, which is us. Not us as the body, but us as big M mind. You know? You want to call it awareness. I like the word mind. The old Chinese Zen masters use the word mind, and that, that triggers a lot for me. I like that feeling. This is just going on. You know, just, so, that mind. Yeah. So, for something to appear real, when it isn't, has to appear real to something. Yeah. Nothing's appearing, but a lot, a lot of stuff's appearing real to us. You know? In other words, where the reality. That's why you may have this experience that you had an idea of like of the worst thing that ever happened to you, and then maybe you go through some kind of process, like for me, recovery, and then suddenly, and this worst thing that ever happened to you has been an excuse for all your failings. You, it's been like a mental altar. You've worshipped at it. It gave you excuses why you didn't finish college and your first marriage went south. You know, all like this. Yep. So. So that was the worst thing that happened to you. And then some, something happens, you change, and then it's seen as the best thing that happened to you. Now, how could it, what is it? Is it the worst thing? Or is it the best thing? Or is it both at the same time? Can it be the worst and best thing? So it's the worst thing, and you are sure as hell, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I mean, the worst thing was getting pulled over that night. And then, you get suddenly, because you got pulled over that night, it brought you into recovery, and then suddenly, a year later, that worst thing is the best thing that ever happened to you. Is it, what is it? Does it have a quality of being worse, and it has a, a quality of being best, or is it given that quality by us? I mean, you have to at least see you know, the starting point. <laughs> if you don't see the starting point, you may be going on, a, on, on an unnecessary journey, basically. So, so other words, like the Course in Miracles would say, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Yeah. Now, trigger that out. It doesn't say you and I on Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays are giving everything all. It's just a statement, blanket statement. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. That's a pretty comprehensive statement. It's got everything in it, which means everything, and it has all in it, which means everything. So, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. How could that possibly be if this place was real? Yeah. If this place was real, that real meaning would impose itself on me. But nothing's real here. The only reality there is is us. And the Course of Miracles describes the condition we're in perfectly or seemingly in. Seemingly is a cool word to look up because it means it, means it appears to be true or false to you. Basically, everything is seemingly here. 
It relies on you to appear true or it relies on you to appear false. Based on your condition, it has a condition. Inherently, it's empty, like they would say in Buddhism. It has no condition other than a condition given to it. But in our condition, what happens is we're identified as a body, and the Course of Miracles describes it perfectly. It says, you and I are the dreaming or the dreamer of this dream. Yeah? This would be this is seen sort of as a dream of mind. Mind is dreaming this place. Yeah? So you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. This is the important point. Now, how do we forget that we're dreaming? Let me tell you. <laughs> this is my humble download, but I'll share it with you. We forget that we're dreaming by actively remembering what we're not. In other words, we're actively remembering that we're a body, and therefore, which is a dreamt object, yeah, like a great Zen master Huang Po says, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So whatever can be perceived is not what's perceiving. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you and I are the dreaming of this dream. So this is a dreamt object because it's being perceived, and I can perceive it looking this way. Yeah. So this is not what's dreaming. Yeah. So we forget that we're the dreaming by becoming identified with the dreamt. We're identified as a body, basically. Yeah? And that condition, now, this is incredible. In that condition, we give everything we're dreaming the power to affect us. Yeah? This could not possibly happen without the prior conditions in place. There's got to be a forgetfulness of that you're the dreaming, and that is actively produced by remembering yourself. By remembering your long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Now, when that condition's in place, this is what can possibly happen. It's impossible, but it can seem to be happening to us. We give everything we've dreamt, thoughts, feelings, they're all dreamt. We give everything we dreamt the power to affect us, as this, yeah. But as what we really are, we have a built-in immunity to all that. Or, like the course would say, your attack thoughts are attacking your invulnerability. If you listen to that, what's the fucking point of having any defenses if they can't touch you? See, but we're not taking ourselves as that invulnerability. We're taking ourselves as something that's very vulnerable—a body. So, attack thoughts can be seem to be very much attacking us but only as this. Yeah? The solution isn't trying to tame the thoughts and have perfectly beautiful thoughts all day. It's like trying to hurt a cat. You know? <laughs> They're not yours to begin with. They're just like, you, you're like a popcorn maker and conditions are in a place and popcorn's being popped and those are the thoughts. They're all totally rooted in old ideas and concepts and beliefs and, seem, and memories of past events, and a memory of a past event only remembers a memory. You never go back to the event. All you go back to is a memory of the event. Those, that door, because it never happened, is closed to you. You just can only go to a memory of it. The mental state cannot go back to what happened because it's not happening. But it can go back to a memory about it. Yeah. 
and the memories are very, very malleable. They can be altered. It's like, it's like the intelligence of the U.S. government concerning Iraq. It can be highly uh, cherry-picked to support a claim they want to have in place. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't say it is objective at all because it's being claimed by a subjectivity. That's a false one, yeah? That has an agenda. And that agenda is to take whatever light it can reflect and put it on you as a, as a body, as a someone. A special someone. <laughs> We're all sitting here, and the experiences, they're seen, yeah? And from that point, I'm seen as a you. I'm, being, I'm seen as a you from where you are right now, and I'll always be seen as a you. There's not one moment that you'll confuse this you with me. The me that's seemingly looking, yeah? And I'm sitting here with this incredible evidence that I'm a you coming at all from all of you, and I just say, I beg to differ. I'm me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is, which is an incredible coronation of a strange, un- unbelievable wedding of spirit with body. So the, the spirit moving through called subjectivity, this body called a you, I take that I of the spirit and I call it me as the mental bastard child of this hybrid, a hybrid of taking spiritual qualities and putting them into a physical quality. And there, there I am, me. So you can constantly say, you, 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 you all day, and I'll have to beg to differ with you. No, it's me. I'm a very unique you. I'm so unique, I've cha- it's changed into a very special species, me. And I'm all that I think about. <laughs> I don't think about you much, but I sure think a lot about me. <laughs> you don't see it as a slavery? You're preoccupied with a dead thing. You bring it to life, seemingly. That's all you can buy. All the interest and attention that's going into it. People are weighed down, not by thoughts, but by, by my thoughts. After the thoughts are claimed, they have an excess amount of weight. That's unbelievable. They can stop your fucking day. One thought, when it's held about you, or it's yours or about you. You could care less what's happening in the Stanley. But the same thoughts happening and held as yours, you'll be totally fucking paralyzed by it. It's not the thought, obviously. It's what precedes the thought. It's not the feeling, it's what precedes the feeling. And it can be represented by a simple two-letter word in the English language, which is my. That's the act of claiming. So what can only be seen claims to be the seen. It says, I'm the seer. What can only... What, what can be felt is now the feeler. This is the leap it makes. Yeah? This is how a life that it doesn't have, it tends to have by our identifying with the object of the body. Yeah? We were talking about, I don't know if you ever heard of Enneagrams, you ever hear of those? In spirituality, from Sufism, it's a oh, it's a, a sect in, is, in Islam, and uh, they're the whirling dervishes and stuff. 
Well, they did a lot of, you know, they had a flowering time where they came up with this very great way to categorize all characters here called the Enneagram. And what they did is they made basically nine uh, specific character types and each of them could have two little subdivisions coming from the eight that they weren't, yes? So if you total it up, it'd be like 27 or something character types. And basically it would be able to describe everyone here. Yeah? So people in spirituality will go to these Enneagram seminars, sometimes there's a long retreat, and maybe on the fifth day, it finally, you have the brain, usually the teacher lays it on you, oh, wise one, tell me what number I am. And so the guy or the woman says, you're a four, all right? With a six, a sexual subdivision six, and a little of a spicy eight in there or something. So everyone rushes out in the break, and I'm a four, I'm a four. But see, the information about what kind of character you are needs to add another step. You first have to hit, I am that, and therefore I am not. You see? It's like describing a car. You as you are. Astrology is basically the same thing. If they know the time you were born, it's all like a car. If you knew what the factory it was made in, and the time, and who was working on it, then you can say, oh, that drives just like a Ford. It's nothing fucking special. You know what I mean? So astrology, you're Aquarian, you got a rising Gemini, Scorpio moon, which is a drag, too very intense. And so, and so, if this, and then when you get a reading, you go, wow, it, it describes me so clearly. And how did they do that? I've never met anyone. Because they're not describing you. <laughs> you're not that. You're not the car. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the whole point, see, there's self-knowledge avails you nothing in recovery. It's pretty interesting. But knowledge of self can be very, very valuable. See? But knowledge claimed by selfing will be neutered. It won't ever lead to freedom from self, ever. But knowledge of self will distill into one realization, I'm not that. And when you're not that, you'll lose interest in all of its mechanisms, all of its activities that it's claimed, you'll lose interest in it. And its light will dim, not by its own extinction, but by your own disinterest. Your mind will lose interest in this little activity. And what's going to happen? Find out. What I found out, it will gain interest. And where, and where is that interest going to be? Here. And, and what time? Now. And so you will start enriching your day instead of the mental preoccupation just enslaving you to yesterday and tomorrow. Because most people here, if they're upset tonight, it's not because of tonight. It's usually because of last week and next week. Most of us aren't in fear. We're in a mental anxiety that's being produced. And it doesn't need any apparent threat. It just makes them up. The thoughts, where do the thoughts lie? Look at the thought system. Just look at it. Be our own laboratory. The thought system is drenched in time. It's always about what's not happening. Literally. That's all it can do. And so if you think, oh, I wonder if the thought system is here to really support me. Well, look at where its value lies. It can only happen now, and it's never about now. 
The thoughts are never about now. They're about yesterday or five minutes ago or five minutes forward. They're never about now. If they had the, if they had the most appropriate response, there'd be no thoughts. Because you don't need any right now. Like I was a house painter. They say you have 70,000 thoughts a day. I used to paint houses. I maybe needed 14 thoughts to work. You know, I was never surprised. I'd walk in, there'd always be four walls and a ceiling, <laughs> some trim. You know, it wasn't like, wow, this is, un- this is unheard of. No, it was a hell. All I had to do was think, where am I going to eat? You know what I mean? When should I stop? That was it. What are the 69,985 other thoughts doing? They're reinforcing the sense of being a self. See? If you're not inherently so, you can only appear to be so. How would you appear to be so by being remembered? That's what the thought system does. It dwells on the past. Yeah? It remembers what happened to you five years ago or three years ago or five seconds ago. But you don't see that the remembering of you then is felt now. You feel it now. You never not feel anything now. Yeah? And when you're worrying about you in the future, you're, feel, you're remembering yourself now. You're remembering being a self by being devoted to the thought system. And I'm telling you, it's very difficult to give up thoughts if they're held as yours. It's like going to a park and there's 30 different kids there. Your attention are going to go on your kids. Same thing. If I have Stanley's thoughts, and I know they're Stanley's, I'm bored stiff. I've been listening to the same thing played on the orchestra of Paul for 40 fucking years. You know. What's going to happen? <laughs> oh no, I can feel it coming. <laughs> Just watch your head. How long does it really rest when things are going really well without getting suspicious? When are they going to find out I don't deserve this? Or... If they're going to know I'm not, oh, wait, she's definitely going to figure me out tomorrow. I can't see her. You know? But the same head, if you're starting to feel weird, it says it's the beginning of a lifelong depression. Do you want that to be the theme of your life? Shortening all the good and then elongating all the perceived bad? Do you want to have to live under that fucking tyranny all day? I mean, it's fucking exhausting, isn't it? I mean, really, isn't it? How much have you been? And maybe I've been in thirty fearful situations in my life, and that's I have more than most people. That a lot of fearful situations, and so the response was appropriate, you know, flight or fight. Most of us are experiencing the physiological mimicking of fear, but done by mental anxiety. We are having earth-shattering events every day, and the earth never shatters. You know. We're fucking like, we're totally like nervous wrecks, and we're living in fucking, you know, a nice suburb of Toronto. I live in Marin County. It's like unbelievable. It's like a homogenized bubble. Even the insects don't bite you. They're all on Prozac. Nothing fucking happens there. We have two Whole Foods in one small town. Two Whole Foods. I mean, it's unbelievable. (laughs) But people, they just put on, the concern never stops. Now they're totally worried and anxious about the fourth house they're buying. Literally. And it's, it has nothing to do with circumstances. It never has. Mountains and molehills are not made out here. They're made in here. And the whole center of the system is self-centeredness. 
The whole system is centered on self, on being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which can only come about through identification as a body. And then we're driven, you know, maybe we get to the last house on the block, spirituality. But then we can only see spirituality as something to do. Because that's what the body does. It does things. So we take spirituality not as our prior condition, but as an acquired condition. And so now we enter the spiritual journey, applying the same formulation that's been applied everywhere else, and we're expecting that, it's just like going to a store. If I go to the store, I have the right money, and they have the bread, I'm getting that fucking bread. But it doesn't work. You can't acquire what you already are. You can't get it. You're never going to be here to get it. I've watched people come to meetings like this, and they, and some of them are so far, they're actually starting to blow up. They've, they've reached their limit, but, they, but they've been spiritually socialized, so they try to keep that loving gaze. And, you know, but they're fucking pissed. They haven't got it yet. I've gone to 500 of these talks. I've gone to every teacher. I don't listen to... I mean, all the people that see me, they cheat on me constantly with other people. They're fucking... You know, I said, you know, they're just cheating along like crazy. No monogamy whatsoever. It's like fucking spiritual slots in a way. They're fucking... You know, going out with everybody. <laughs> I mean, they're 600, 700. They've been with every freaking person. But they haven't got it because there's no getting it. You're not that which wants to get it. That's getting it. Yeah? You're never going to be liberated. You get freed from the need to be liberated. Because what needs to be liberated is in us. It's a mental aberration. It's a phantom that we're pinning so much hope on. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get anything from tonight. You're going to be exactly the way you were when you came in. That is not going to be affected whatsoever. What you are is never affected by anything that's going on here. At all. That's why it's reliable. It's not a conditionality. It's not a volatile state that you have to work and manage and be vigilant. It's just, it's dog shit awareness, very open, very relaxed, yeah? No defenses, no vigilance, just chilled out, incessantly on, which you may not like, <laughs> no break whatsoever, <laughs> never, never a blinking, never a looking away, just on, <laughs> like here's Johnny, like all day. <laughs> <laughs> you may not like that, but if you don't die and don't act out, it gets great. <laughs> so this is about seeing what you're not, basically. Not looking for what you are. It's about seeing what you're not. Because the looking for what you are is an activity of blindness. Yeah? Because it's now been objectified to your false subject, yes? You have, like they say, this great Zen master again, Hoang Po, always said, to seek the Buddha with the Buddha is never going to happen, yeah? You can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use the light to seek the light. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha, yeah? In other words, the implication is you are the Buddha. And in your pursuing the Buddha is the way your mental state hides that fact. 
So you seem like you're ardently looking for the Buddha, but that's not really going on. You're feverishly forgetting that you are the Buddha. By being so intently looking for it, you're missing it as the what's looking. Yeah? It's like the main trick of it all. It starts us off at a different starting point. We're, we're masquerading at a square zero, but that's actually square three. You are the product of a mental process that takes time. And the immediacy of what you are is timeless. Supposedly, in, in uh, neuroscience, it takes 500 of a second for the mental state to produce the sense of self. There's almost nothing in this world that's going to outdraw it. Yeah? Meditation, you're the meditator. You know? Epiphany, I had the epiphany. Yeah? Realization, mine. <laughs> yeah? But it can never outdraw timelessness because in timelessness, the guns never are not drawn. And you are that immediacy of spirit that you're attempting to look for. You are, the solution is prior to the problem. The freedom is prior to the bondage, not after the bondage. It's prior to the bondage. From the freedom's point of view, there is no bondage. It's an activity. It's an activity being presented to what we call us through the, by the mental state. It doesn't have to be bought. Yeah? And the movement out of it is stillness, basically. Because from the solution's point of view, from the problem's point of view, you need a solution, badly. From the solution's point of view, there is no actual problem. What happens to the solution then? It goes. The solution is totally temporary. It's just, a, it's just rigged until vision occurs, then the view's not needed. You don't need an understanding. Without the vision, you need an understanding to make sense of this freaking place or try to soothe your agitated mind. But from the vision, there's no need for a view. You're seeing, and it's obvious. Not to you, but as you. Yeah? It's never going to be obvious to you. And if it ever is, it will only be an experience. It will come and go based on you. But to see, see as it, you'll see the selfing. You'll see the production of what you call you. You'll see it. You'll see its activity. And its activity is defined by its limitation. It can never be so. It can only seem to be so to what is. And you are that, man. What else? How else? What else could you be here? So thoughts, my thoughts, totally different. Feelings, my feelings, totally different. Problems, my problems, totally different. Time, my time, totally different. Spirituality, my spirituality, totally different. The my, the my is where the weight lies. Yeah. A traveling lighter isn't that things work out, it's that you don't give a shit that much anymore. Yeah? It's not that everything gets great. You don't care. You know, as long as I'm not fucking getting shot at right this second, I'm, I'm pretty chilled out. You know? What I want is maybe a good latte a day. You know, but I've got these giant goals. <laughs> a latte, maybe a thrift store, buy a shirt. 
like this. And, wow. I've completed my mission for the day. <laughs> because you really get a sense of being lived, you know. Like people say, do you meditate? I sense being meditated, really. I really do. I feel something's living through this apparatus. And it ain't the apparatus. <laughs> That's for sure. So... So you get to have, a, for me, over years of seeing how it works or where it value lies, it value, it's value lies here and how it presents itself is that you travel lighter in a place that you can really travel super heavy. And you travel lighter in a stabilized manner. It's not, the peak experiences come and go, that doesn't matter. It's the constancy of awareness. That's the greatest leavening agent, Yeah. Like, if you could take, like, one of the biggest heists in the beginning of computers was these people, what they did is they stole, a, like, a quarter of a penny from every bank transaction. And they weren't noticed for years because it never took much. But there were so many millions of transactions, that little quarter of a penny turned out to be a huge amount of money over time. That's what traveling light is like. You lose interest in having epiphanies. If an epiphany comes, you know it's going to go. <laughs> You're not collecting like spiritual big, big games head, heads and you have your little spiritual mantle where you put them up and you have your spiritual front. So let me tell you about this one. Bali, waterfall, 78. Four hours in that space. <laughs> like it did fucking anything. It didn't. It's not an experience. It cannot be had. Therefore, it can't be lost. And that's its true value. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you, thank God. <laughs> All the requirements of meeting it are on your side. It has no requirements whatsoever. It's like the sun doesn't choose who to shine on, right? <laughs> <laughs> you won't have much of a story to tell I'm serious you'll be pretty boring to most people you won't have those great moments of surrender you know on a cliff with long hair and the wind blowing and ex-girlfriends and contemporary girlfriends going oh you're, that's great Paul you let there'll be no more letting go it's surrendered yeah there's no more fucking going deep this is deep. <laughs> None of that. There's no need to be liberated. Not one bit. <laughs> it's not like we think. I'm serious. It's so ordinary, you know. Like when I do these talks, it's funny. There's no way you can mine anything out of the talk at all. The reason why I've given so many is because I've never shown up, basically. And there's absolutely nothing. I can talk about the shirt I got at the thrift store when I get home, but when people, they don't even ask me anymore. How is the trip? It's over, basically. <laughs> because you can't mine this event. You can't, there's nothing to make out of it. It's beautiful. It's untouchable by the mental state. You can't grab it. You can't claim it. You can't make it. Yeah? It's a totally void moment or moments in time for this event. And whatever condition I had when I was walking in that, was, that some attention was being paid to, physical, my, the knee, mental, tired, you know, da-da-da-da, all gets dismissed 
for as long as this event's going on. How real could have it been if it could disappear so quickly? And where was the appearance? And where was the disappearance? Did somebody make the disappearance and the appearance? No. But there was a need for a somebody in the appearance. And there's no need for anybody in the, in the seeming disappearance. Yes? And I've done tons of these things. And it, the batting average is like a thousand. It always works. As long as you're willing. The hose finds full, true fulfillment when the water moves through it. Without the water, it's up to speculation what it means to be a fucking hose. But when the water comes through, it's, 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 it's fulfilled its function, which is to hold the space here, basically. That's what we are. We're just holding space as space. Hmm. I want to find this thing I read before, because I like to... Oh, this is a great example. I had a garage sale, so I was, looked, I was selling most of my books, and I found this old book I got in India when I went there, 90s. So it says, this is beautiful. So this is, a, this is like a, they're great. The, the Indians are great with, uh, like, examples. So this one's a good one. A broken piece of mirror is lying on the ground in the open space in full sunshine. All right? Like a little thing. The sunlight that falls on that piece of mirror is reflected and the reflected light enters a, a nearby dark room and falls on its inner wall. Okay. The ray from the mirror to the inside wall of the dark room is a reflected ray of, light of the sun. By means of this reflected ray, a man in the dark room is able to see the objects inside that room. Yeah. The reflected light, when seen on the wall, is of the same form or shape as the piece of mirror. Triangular, square, or round, that's on the ground. Sort of, yes. But the direct sunlight, the source of the reflected ray in the open space, shines indivisible. Single, all-pervading, and unlimited by any specific form or shape. Self, the small, this, this is the large S he's talking about, right? Our substance consciousness is similar to the direct sunlight in the open space. The ego feeling or selfing, the, the, the eye of selfing, and, and the body consciousness is similar to the reflected ray, stretching from the mirror to the inner wall of the room. Since self-consciousness is limitless, the big S, yeah, let's say awareness, is limitless like the vast all-pervading direct sunlight, it has no form adjunct. Since just as the reflected ray takes on the limitations and size of the piece of mirror, the ego feeling experience, the size and form of a body as I, is, it has adjuncts. So, in other words, we're, we're misrepresenting the reflected light of the sun that we're reflecting the mirror of the mind, yeah? And, we're, and that mirror is, let's say, somewhat fragmented, like almost a body shape. And so this is lighting up the room, and we think this is the sun. But it isn't the sun, it's a reflection of the sun. 
So mind, one of its main qualities, mind, its three, its three qualities, its essence is it's uh, empty, its nature is reflective, and its manifestation is energy. That's what's happening here. So the ability of the mental state, the mind, can, is to mirror. Yeah? So here we're mirroring light, but we're mirroring it in this very little segment of it, and then we believe we're the source or that the eye that's moving through us, we take to be the body doing it. Yeah? So we've become identified with the reflective piece, yeah? which is only the only light that's appearing in it and through it is from sun, not from it. It's not the source of the light. It's just the object that's reflecting the light. Yeah? What happens to us, we become identified as the triangular piece and then we give that attribute of consciousness or being sentient and we align it, on, we align it with the body. So we now think we're the body that's doing this when all we are is a, a mind, a, a reflective part of mind that's catching awareness and then project, projecting this dream. Yeah? Now, being that, tri- that, tri- that triangular thing, what happens if a cloud moves by in the sky? The cloud has, is sufficient enough to block the, re- the light, the light that's causing the seeming reflection, thinking we're the source, but we're not the source, and then conditions happen out here that block us off from that sunlight of the spirit only because of our position. If we were on the sun side, no cloud would be able to block us off from the sun. But we're appearing, yeah, as a body, and a cloud can get between us and the sun, and then we think we've lost the sunlight of the spirit. And usually you blame us, I didn't do enough, or I, sh- or I did the wrong fucking thing. But it has nothing to do with the light. Nothing whatsoever. We're just believing the reflected light is coming from us as a source, and that can be affected by all the volatile conditioning that happens here. In other words, we're dependent on having managed, let's say, an emotional condition, a physical condition, a circumstantial condition, a financial condition, an energetic condition, and we believe, just like if you go on a retreat, and maybe it's a three-month-long retreat, and you have everything controlled, no calls, your girlfriend could be fornicating with someone else, but you don't hear about it, so as if it's not happening, no one's calling up about bills, nothing's going on, you're eating like three meats, sumptuous vegan meals a day, you're having tantric foot massages, tons of shit, it's great. So you feel really great, hey, I'm chilled out, my emotion is nice and chilled, I'm feeling love with the body, and everyone's, no one's yelling at me or whatever. And so everything's great. And nine o'clock, you hit the culminative moment. Everything is so good. I'm there. But 901 comes. Yeah? The retreat's over. You go out in traffic. (laughs) There goes the serenity in about five seconds. (laughs) Because it was all conditional. It was all based on, if the conditions are all lined up, I'll feel all right. But that's slavery, isn't it? Because all the conditions are volatile. They never reach a static uh, stability. They're always changing, aren't they? Emotionals, this and that. So it's like all the mental state attempts to do is manage itself into a better condition. But it it can't hold that condition. So people have an experience, supposedly, of waking up, and they also have the experience of losing the awakening. 
I got it, I had it, and then I lost it. There was no one who had it, and there's no losing it. What happened then, it got translated into an experience. Yeah. To you as the sun. And you're not the sun as the body. See that you're not the body. Your attention will leave the little rectangular reflective point, And then you'll see the, the effulgent sunness of the place. Yeah, You'll be awake to being awake. Because we're all awake, but a lot of us are seemingly not getting that. Yeah? It can't last forever. You can only pull this little impossible trick for like 80 years, 90 years. Body's going to die. But it can seem to be so. But in eternity, it's an impossibility. You are that which you're looking for. The seeker is the sort. What's looking is what you're looking for. It doesn't say the seeker and then have four pages of things you have to, all these requirements that the seeker has to go through to be the sort. Has it? It just goes, the seeker is the sort. It doesn't go, the seeker, pause, got to purify, <laughs> got to meditate five hours a day, got to give alms, <laughs> and then it's the sort. No, it says the seeker is the sort. What's looking is what you're looking for. It doesn't matter what you're looking at, pornography, anything, what's looking is what you're looking for. It's not defined by what you're looking at. It's defined by what's looking. You know, it's, it's such a freeing thing, eh? You want let off the hook. If you don't want to come to another satsang, you've got permission. Fuck satsang. If it's being used the way it's being used to some people, it would be best that they didn't come. Seriously. Because it's prolonging an imaginary long drawn out death. Now, a lot of people come to see me so to get permission not to come back. I say uh, my job is to become obsolete. It's happening very quickly, to tell you the truth, <laughs> some places. Yeah, because I'm like a mailman. I'm not fucking, I don't want you to come home with me. I'm just inviting you. You're like a spiritual subpoena, you're served already. And you'll get, you'll get something in the mail, but you won't be called to the court of mental, you'll be called to the court of light, where all your little trespasses will be annulled. Yeah. You'll be let off your own hook, the biggest hook of all. <laughs> you believe you've done something that's unforgivable. <laughs> and you're just living out a sentence, <laughs> only to be retried and re and found guilty. <laughs> and extend the sentence. <laughs> it's called playing God, you know. Selfing, that's what the selfing is. It's playing God. And what it plays God the most with is God, if you want to call that God. It plays God the most with God. Because what happens when you as a self know God? You become a knower of God. <laughs> Where a great master says to know God is to be God. That's not usually how it goes with us we become a knower of God, then a great knower of God, and then an ultimate understanding knower of God, but it's always you. So. Any questions, then? Come back, it's interesting. Repetition can be helpful. Yeah? Because it's not a dissertation, it's just an invitation, so it can be repeated quite a lot.
And it's like every one of us is like a lazy Susan. You ever see those things? And then if you slip it in at the right one, through the right slot, you can get all the way in. And uh, then, like with me, as as an interpretation of it, what happened was, when I heard it, it was like the last answer. Yeah, something dawned that I knew this before all knowing and it became the last answer and now it's been years and years and I haven't found another answer nor have I been looking for another answer and it just keeps the mind just entertains what can always be entertained you can never get through it it's always, always, always infinitely available so it can always match how much entertaining you're going to do it's there to be entertained yeah then you have that sense self-presence people talk about. Not as an experience, but as a bottom line. And from there, it infuses all your experiences. Even the most mundane ones. The excitement of the event is that you're in it. so tightly it would just fucking blow into pieces I swear to God (laughs) you don't know how much effort our mental state is doing all day to hold this fucking thing together (laughs) it's it's like a blow up doll that has like 80 pinholes it's (laughs) it's just constantly huffing and puffing to keep it seemingly so (laughs) it's exhausting literally you know, fuck. It's, it's why people look old. You know, they've fucking been <laughs> they've been working so hard, <laughs> just blowing interest and attention into a dead fucking paper bag. You know, what I mean, feigning fear and anxiety. You know, the last thing we ever want to really hear is we're okay. I swear to God, it's the last thing. We want to hear we will be okay all fucking day. But we're okay? No way, Jose. No way. If you put it off in time or as a past event, we're all into it. Oh, yes. I'm working. I want to be okay one day. I'm sure. Look at me. I really want to be okay. Oh, you're okay. What? <laughs> Selfing will appear in any pursuit. No pursuit doesn't give it any traction. It appears like a... You ever see those things in the cartoons where there's that, that cloud with the thing? It's like a cloud without anything over it, you know? It's just like a moving little cartoon statement trying to find a little anchor. 
If you're not identified, it's just it's again, it's like Comedy Central. Your whole head, you keep yourself amused all day. It's hilarious, really, what it comes up with. First of all, most of its narrations are like 1987. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to meet an 18-year-old girl or something. Where you know, I, I see you know, I'm crossing the street and some girl looks at me. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I got a chance, and all she wants to do is help me across the street. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grandpa, can I help you? <laughs> How, how, why is she seeing me? Not as what you're thinking, though. <laughs> you're, you're lucky that's like about a year off. But some of them are that absurd. They're like playing 30 years ago. You know, if you go to a junior high school, you'll get arrested now. You and me. <laughs> you're not going to meet anyone there. <laughs> Who's watching the showers? <laughs> it's insane. The thing is unbelievable. But it's, it's gotten fat because no one's investigating. We believe we're, we're believing an imaginary starting point which all, it's all about racing. It's all about time. Don't, do you ever feel time like almost a big hand on your back? Don't you feel like you're being moved like those, those moving sidewalks at the airport when they have a really love disp- lovely display and you'd like to stop and you can't stop because there's guardrails. You hey, I'd really like to see that Buddha stat. You're at gate eight again. You can't, you know. Time is like such an influence here, and no one sees that it's our own construction. Everyone wants to use this moment to build a bigger, better moment. It's all mythical. It's a slavery. It truly is. It's a slavery. We're wedded to this dead occupation of thinking about ourselves. They're just thoughts. They're they're thoughts about a self. They're not self. A self. It's a possibility that's being offered by the mental state. You're the one that completes the contract. If If you abstain from it, you'll find out what you are. If you don't, you'll try to know what you are. And you can never know what you are, but you can find out what you are. Yeah? By its expressing through this event. You're never going to know it as an object to you. You're never going to know the truth. There's no objective truth at all. Everything is seemingly so out here. But we are that truth. The truth of that, we are. We are not even the singularity. We're all there is. Here, we're in a dream of duplication, of duality, of either this or that, yes or no, high or low, close or far. You can't have a two... You cannot, no matter how many times you cut a coin, there'll still be two sides. You're never going to escape the definition of this dream. If you think you've acquired something or achieved it, you're going to have feelings of, of losing it. If one is a possibility, the other is also a possibility. If you believe you did something to get somewhere, you'll believe you could do something to leave that place. This isn't the, this is not the case with the inherent condition. The inherent condition is you cannot transcend an imaginary place. You can't leave an imaginary place. And how much time would it take to leave an imaginary place? No time whatsoever, because you don't have to take any time to leave an imaginary place. 
The only way a solution is a solution is if it reveals there is no problem. That's the only way it stabilizes. And it's totally unnecessary. As soon as the solution reveals what the problem is, there's no need for a solution. You are the living it. Like it or not. Take the smallest example. You give meaning to everything. This event has no meaning other than the the interpretation you're going to make out of it. Nothing overrides you. Like they say in physics, the biggest influence of any experiment is is the observer of it. Or they say another thing, observation distorts the observed. The whole trouble with science, in a way, they're never going to know what's knowing. They're never going to be able to study what's studying. It's an impossibility. They're never going to objectify themselves to know it. This is the dilemma we're all running into. No matter, whatever's hearing never gets heard. You'll never hear what's hearing. Take the hear, take the sound, the, the closest sound you can come to, to you. For me, it's like a hum that you're always hearing. It's more constant than the breath, and every other sound that you'll ever hear will be behind, uh, like after it. Yeah? It always precedes everything. It's on incessantly. Yet that which is hearing it can't be heard. You're that. You're the hearing of all sounds. You're the seeing of all objects. You're the feeling of all feelings. But you're not the feeler, the seer, the thinker, the haver, the doer. No freaking way. And if you stubbornly keep believing that, you're going to run into trouble. You're going to be irritable, restless, and discontent. You'll be driven by seeking. You'll be captured by time. Your invulnerability will be unnoticed, so you'll be under attack by fucking tons of shit. It's a a seesaw, and you're the pivot. (laughs) That's how it goes. Everything appears as it is to you. And so, the as, the as it is of you is the most determining factor. It's where you're looking at anything from that's giving it its meaning. Yeah? If you're looking at it from self, thoughts as yours will produce tons of anxiety because we have faith in the thoughts. We believe them. And that faith in the thoughts produces an effect called anxiety. If that faith is put into something else, it'll produce an effect, an, e- an ease and comfort in your own skin now. It's the same faith. Everyone has faith. There's a faith which is different, but faith itself is a force of mind, and it manifests by what vehicle it's put in. If it's put in the thought system, it's going to produce incredible amount of anxiety. If it's, pr- if it's put into whatever other than that, it'll produce an ease and comfort in your own skin right now. can hear the seed, they hear the angels. Mm-hmm. It's a celestial affirmation. Mm-hmm. We've been verified. 
<laughs> it's an invitation, man. I don't care what you do, really. But you need you have the right to hear it for sure. Because I'm telling you, I'm very grateful I heard it. Because it changed the direction of how I was seeing things or looking at things. And that change of direction made all the difference in the world. I stopped looking for another technique of meditation and I asked who's the meditator. And that produced results that all the fucking activity never produced. <laughs> so, any questions? Yep. It's not a question. I wanted to see get your riff on this from Lucine's. Uh, he said, "When we hear a bell ring, we don't claim the bell, but when we have a thought, we claim it as our thought." I, I, I mean, that's just basically yeah, reiterating yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, it's the same thing like the digestion. No one yeah. say, thinks they're digesting the burrito that yeah. they ate an hour ago, are you? Not really. <laughs> But a much subtler process of the brain body thoughts, we think we're the doer of that, which is insane. Right? If you look at most of your body conditions, there's only one major uh, activity of the body that's half voluntary, and that's the breath. Everything else is on automatic. Because something knew better to give us any real power. Because <laughs> we would have been dead before we, like, three seconds. I would have got, I would have, oh, my heart would have stopped. I've got to be being my now. But the mental state, see, claims. Yeah? It claims, and therefore it verifies itself. It uses everything. All the selfing, listening to the narration in one's head, is inferring that there's a someone. It's assuming it, it's inferring it, it's implying it, it's pointing at it. It's like the Zen thing of pointing at the moon, but in this case, it's not even a moon. It's just pointing. Yeah? The mind makes the leap into the holographic image of being a body. That cannot be made by the mental state. It can only be inferred, implied, insinuated. Mind makes the leap into the, into the identification. Yeah, and when mind sees it, that can be the end of it. But now mind is captured in a sense and is looking from that which it needs to see. When it sees it, it's not that. It becomes obvious that it was never bound. The big thing I remember the first talk video we did was sheep and lion to try to point this idea out of a simple mistake where the sheep hear about spirituality, about becoming a lion, and because they're sheep, right, they'd like to have some qualities of a lion. And so maybe when they get picked to be the next sweater, they say, screw you and fight it out or whatever. And so it seems like it would be attractive to have some qualities of a lion as a sheep. And then they go meet a couple other sheep that are interested, and they rent a little room like this, and they find old pictures of lions and put them in nice frames and get some candle holders and light them every day and 
they pray to it and they have roaring classes on Saturday you know they're practicing how to roar and they're straightening their hair out so try to make it look like a mane and you know and they're trying to become like a lion and in their little world it's very noble they're all hey man I, did you know he sat like a lion for four hours today fucking he's getting close he's, he seems his roar he almost sounds his bar sounds more like a roar didn't it you know we're all trying to think that we're changing so much and it sounds great, you know. It sounds like a really noble thing for a sheep to want to become like a lion. Yeah? But what if it's a lion already? It's just identified as a sheep. The sheep becoming like a lion sounds very noble, but the lion becoming like a lion sounds insane. Yeah? So this whole message is not about the lion, it's just about the sheep. Are you... A sheep. If you're not, maybe there's no need to become like the lion. Maybe you'll roar immediately. You won't have to take roaring lessons. Maybe this sense of presence will be instantaneous instead of something you believe you produce by doing something. Maybe it will be freely given, like grace. Yeah, like you'll have absolutely no role in it whatsoever. You can't believe how it's happening because I haven't done anything. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, you'll start, you'll find out about it through its, like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits. Yeah? You'll see, you'll know what you are by it manifesting through others in you. Yeah? You'll see it. You'll, there'll be an intimation of what you are. Yeah? And actually, the greatest verifying of what you are is you'll keep seeing what you're not. Yeah, all day. <laughs> I'm constantly seeing things all day, and I'm not that. It's like the perfect. It's like the perfect love. If there's a possibility of forgetfulness, what would be the greatest gift? Constant reminding, and that's what this place is. You always, to me, the real recognition of what you are is the seeing of what you're not. You see what you're not. It's like looking here. You are, but you look at a mirror to get the hit, yeah? You see this as not you, and then you see what's looking, yeah? And it doesn't have an image. It's not there. You can't pick it up, yeah? It can't be moved one inch from where you are. You are all that, yeah? And it dawns on you. Not in, it can come, it'll, it'll distill over time, but the dawning is instantaneous, and therefore it's instantaneous every instant it's not like you're free it's just freeing it's not like you're awake there's just awakening you're incessantly on it's almost like you're parachuted into every little scenario it's like how did I get here and then you'll be the same here will go to different seeming years and yet this will become obviously the only here there is. It just seems to see how it sees other here's, but it's only this here. Yeah? <laughs> That's that, man. Any more questions? Coco, you're fine, babe. Yeah, yeah, just let it go. You already have let it go. You're just trying to pick it back up. <laughs> just fucking walk away. It's not you. <laughs> the only thing that causes us to look back, we still think it's us. It's, you, that doesn't have to come along. <laughs> it's not going to come with you.
<laughs> it's like, a, that, just don't go back to the baggage claim. Even if they keep saying your name is on it. Don't oh, it's not my bag. <laughs> because you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> no, that's it, eh? No, yes. Had enough? No. Yeah, yes. Um, I don't know. I, I was going to ask this earlier, but uh, when you told the lying story, I thought maybe maybe these stories aren't lost to you because I don't know where you are in your storytelling. But ones that were helpful to me in considering in case people are coming back, there's a couple that I think resonates for you. There's the um, the tumor story. The tumor. Oh yes, the yeah. tumor story. Or you know, like I have a few. That when I was <laughs> the tumor. Interview, I really like the dog uh, shit story. The dog, the, the pooper scooper. Yes. Or um, this guy. This guy, yes. Sky wave is good too. The tumor I haven't done in a while. Yes. Hmm? Which one do you want, honey? Tumor. You want to hear another story? I heard the tumor. You haven't heard the tumor? Oh, the tumor. Oh, I hadn't just came back to me. What I was saying. Well, the tumor is sort of like let's say you have a tumor. On your body, yeah, and you were taking it to be you, so you got all your shirts tailored, to, you know, to include the tuma sticking out and nice Italian jackets and uh, leather jackets, and you know, you're just trying to make do, and you meet other people with tumas, and you rub tumas together, and you feel connected and stuff like that. But you never entertain the idea that you could get rid of the tuma because you've taken it to be you. It could be taken out. And yet, by the time you realize that you get rid of the tumor, you look in your closet and say, all those shirts from Italy are fitted for the tumor. I like that leather jacket. Uh, I don't want to give up that long trench coat. So basically, hearing that the tumor isn't you isn't really a, doesn't sound like a solution to you because there's been a lot of investment in the tumor. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens with us, you see. The Popper Scooper story is sort of the same story where the guy has a beautiful lawn. I didn't do the tumor justice, but. No, because you know with leaning like before you did it down here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had it as a. I, yeah, yeah, I had it like an armrest. Yeah. I had an armrest. And, uh, yeah, I had my car uh, customized to fit the tumor. So you see, you have a lot of investment in being the tumor. Yeah? So that's what happens with this message a lot of times. You may, it may resonate and you may you feel like it, but then you go home and think about it. Yeah, the mental state starts thinking about it, and then just it's you change. You're not that. I don't know about this guy, but it's not the guy or the woman. It's uh, you know because there's an investment in the story of being a self, a huge investment. And the same pooper scooper is similar. Pooper scooper is my favorite because it's AA related. Uh, it came to me one day when I was trying to, to get a point across at an AA uh, workshop. So the pooper scooper is what is my favorite. Where in re- in uh, recovery we have a beautiful statement, and it goes this way: being convinced that self manifested in various ways. Yeah, follow it. So being convinced means to believe with certainty. Being convinced, self. This feeling of being a long last, or I'd say selfing, yeah? Manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So it's beautiful because he's separating the two. It's a self and we're all us, yeah? So self, 
manifesting or appearing in many different ways is what defeats us in this life. If you're convinced of that, we will now look at self's common manifestations. Yeah. And then the next paragraph, it says resentment is the number one offender. It kills more alcoholics than anything else. So resentment, if you follow the logic, is an expression or a manifestation of self. Yeah, in one's life. Yet when most people talk about resentments, they talk about my resentments. And then the next would be fear in the big book. And so most people, when they talk about fear, they talk about my fear. Yeah. So basically, the my represents that they're identified with self because they're claiming self-expressions as ours. Yeah. You can see it, right? The self manifests in various ways. Resentment, fears, harm, guns, others, pursuit of what you want, tons of shit like that, self-pity, all this stuff. All right? Self manifests in various ways why it's defeated us. If you convince that, we'll look at its self's common manifestations. So we do an inventory and we write out resentments, fears, harm, guns, others. So resentment is not, isn't our resentment. It's a resentment is a manifestation of self. And through that manifestation of self, it defeats us. Yeah? How does it defeat us? Because we call the manifestation ours. When someone talks about a resentment, they talk about my resentment. When they talk about fear, they talk about my fears. Yeah? The my is the act of being identified, the us in the act of being identified as the object, the self. And that's how the resentment is used to defeat you. That's how thoughts are used to defeat you. They're used to defeat you by the my, not by the thought. The thought is the carrier. The my is the punch. Yeah? The, 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 the thought is the syringe. The my is the venom. Yeah? The my is the venom. The thought is just the carrier. It's just a vehicle. But the bondage comes from the my. Yeah? The my is the act of being identified as. You claim something that has nothing to do with you as yours. And the language is doing it all day. The language implies we have something to do with shit we have nothing to do with. I'm, I, I'm digesting my burrito. You have nothing to freaking to do with that. The body, you, just, you end up here. That's it. Your job's over. And then it goes. Yeah. People said when I used to travel last time... I hadn't been there in a while, so my hair had grown. And the first thing I heard at the first meeting, Paul, you're growing your hair. <laughs> and so I said, oh, yes, I'm growing my hair. I'm doing a very good job. It's really coming in nice. And, you know, you're not doing well. Your growing of hair isn't doing well. You should join a group. I found that it grows longer if I join a group of people growing their hair together. And, then, you know, you can go on and on and on. And, you know, it's absurd. I just don't cut it. Yeah, it does. I have nothing to do with growing it. I just don't cut it. Yeah. But the language implies I have a lot to do with shit I have nothing to do with. You're listening to it all day. Are you trying to become alive? <laughs> You're listening to it all day. Yeah. That's what's happening. That's the addiction of self. It's to the thought system. And we go under a swoon. And then we forget that we're dreaming and we take ourselves to be the dreamt. And everything we've dreamt has now power to affect me. You can break my heart. Yeah. I can live my whole life thinking I need love when I'm the source of love. I can live my whole life waiting for that special event when I am the special event. 
This is what happens. Very simple. Very simple hijacking. But it does it quite a lot. Every thought is preceded by it. Either the thought held is about you or yours. Every freaking time. Yeah? All the feelings have been claimed. All the time has been claimed. My time. All the memories have been claimed. All the problems have been claimed. Everything has been claimed. The body's been claimed. Everything's been claimed to produce this one dream of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And it needs the dreaming to comply with it. If the dreaming's attention is removed, it's a paper fucking film. It's like the film isn't good, it's the audience that makes the movie. We're making the movie. It's empowering. You can abstain from it. Not by effort, just by recognition. If it's not you, you're going to lose interest in it. Simple as that. Just like you're not interested in most people other than your family or your kids. Well, you won't be interested in you, your thoughts, if they weren't yours. You wouldn't. You'd lose interest. You'd lose interest in the whole system. And then you'd be driven and navigated by something other than thought. And then you'd have wonder and awe and intuition and wisdom and things that seem so foreign and infrequent and, and will become a familiar event during the day. You'll know exactly when you need to know something, when you need to know it, not a second before. You'll always be on alert. Yeah? You'll always be an I don't know and you'll always be open to finding out. It's a cool way to live. You become the source of entertainment. Or, and, or have Yurik. Yurik is the thing. So I'm better. <laughs> He's a bigger target. I can riff on Yurik all day. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the pooper scooper. You have, want to go five more minutes? It's a good story. All right, so this guy has a beautiful lawn. He has a nice house. It is a beautiful lawn, and a lot of his life is based on that lawn. Yeah, in every morning he runs barefooted uh, in it with the you know in the morning dew. He has like lawn bowling tournaments there, picnics all the time, holds weddings. You know, it's a very integral part of his life. And so one morning he gets up to do his usual routine, jumps off the porch, lands on in this in the uh, lawn, and he lands on some shit. You know. So what happens? Immediately he has, he has to make he has to tolerate something. He's got to wear shoes from now on. So he gets back on the porch, puts on some shoes, and he walks around and he finds a lot of shit all over this beautiful pristine lawn. And then he notices it smells freaking pretty bad too. So what does he do? He goes in and ignores it for a few hours, and then he opens up and expe- hopes that something changes. He goes in and there's more shit. So then he just goes into his porch, into his house, pulls down the shades, goes out, buys some pictures of lawns, watch videos of you know Kentucky race, whatever that, the derby, to see the bluegrass of Kentucky. And then some other people who have the same condition, they get together and they're going home, going to each other's house, drinking and reminiscing. What a, oh, I love those lawn tournaments. And I love having those picnics and, you know, reminiscing how it once was. And then they all start trying to figure out what can we do? And a guy shows up and says, I got an answer for your problem. And we go, what? And they're very, they're totally excited. What, what, what? And he says, pooper scoopers. You know? 
If you get really good at it, you'll be able to retrieve some of your lawn, at least for a few hours, maybe four by eight foot piece, but at least you'll have that, you know? So here, buy this one. And so you, you start picking up pretty good, and you go into meetings about other people who have this problem, and you're sharing, hey, I think I've got a solution. This one pooper scooper, now you get two of them, and you become a master at it, and you become a circuit speaker, you go into all these meetings, yes, I found the answer. Get really good, and you start having autographed models of pooper scoopers, you got a little jumpsuit with your little pooper scooper incorporated, you know, and you become a big speaker and you're writing books about how to clean up shit really fast and everything. So, hey, you've got your solution. So one day someone comes in and he says, hey, I have an answer for you. And you go, I don't, I'm not looking for an answer. And I said, really? Oh, yeah, I don't need an answer. He says, all right. As he's walking out, he says, find the dog, you know. So the guy hears that. You would think he would rush right to that answer, but he's got a large investment in the problem. He's an expert on the problem. Yeah? He's a circuit speaker. He's getting paid big bucks to come and give seminars. He's got a whole line of pooper scoopers and a new line coming out next year. So it doesn't sound like a solution. But if you get rid of the dog, there goes the shit. The dilemma is where the dog and we don't want to get rid of the dog. <laughs> and we're shitting all over our lives. <laughs> but where the dog? If you get rid of the dog, there you go. You'd put up the you'd honor the pooper scoopers, but there'd be no need for them. Hallelujah. So if someone becomes a master meditator, they're gonna have difficulty giving up meditation. Guarantee it. If they become a master meditator. Yeah. Can you talk more about the way life is? Um, you're, you're talking about then you operate from wisdom, intuition. Can you talk more about Well, the way life is, it's isn't, basically. You get a very strong sense of everything's a verb. You know, only in the mental landscape are there skyscrapers of nouns. There's nothing going on. So it's sort of like when you try to know a river and take some water out of it, you've lost the river quality because it's moving water. That to me is like study. So it's just, that's how it feels a lot of the time. And it's just incessantly on. And the demarcations, the mental state, all of its boundaries and parameters like days and hours and this and that just start blending, just lose any kind of ability to separate the segment. And then there's just this event, you know. It's hard to say. It's always the same in, in one sense, yeah. And then fleeting movements of different things. I'm not really interested in it, so. I'm not interested in storifying it, you know. There's unhappiness and distrust, not distrust, or let's say frustration with physical conditions, but there's no one that's having them. And the freedom doesn't, nothing needs to change for the freedom to be obvious. Yeah? The mental state will continue interpreting life from a self-centered point of view. It will continually believe in the linear aspect of we're on this journey, all like that, it's fine. It doesn't matter anymore. You're not trying to change what doesn't need to be changed. All you're doing is finding out what's changeless. Yeah? And then everything that changes is fine in a way. Some people believe, you know, 
you don't have any pain, of course there's pain. There's always going to be pain if, if there's a body experience going on somewhere or the other. But it's the suffering. It's the additions and subtractions the mental state are always doing that's removed. Yeah. So to me, your, your destiny as an action figure doesn't change. The landscape of your life may not change, but you'll travel lighter over it all as an action figure. So the dream, like it says in The Course of Miracles, you and I are the dreaming of the dream, and we're going to dream ourselves out of the dream. And as we do, the dream will get happier. That's exactly been my experience over the years. Yeah. Mind is dreaming itself out of the dream, and it doesn't mean I get everything I've ever wanted. I mean, I've lost interest in getting things, so I'm happier. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not about everything gets great it's it, you have the ability to fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you all day things like that happen uh, it's a shift that you wouldn't be able to conceptualize yeah it becomes very inclusive uh, you're not really going fucking anywhere you know and in a sense, nothing ever really happened, to tell you the truth. <laughs> it all falls off the shelf, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, when you leave here, it'll be like it never happened. It just goes on and on like that all day. You're the only reality there is. It's like, uh, it's like Ramana Maharshi said a beautiful statement about being in a mo- audience watching a movie like this world, and then you realize it's unreal, yeah? And you think that's awesome. But he says the circles, but there's still an assumption you're real, recognizing the unreality. He says the circle is much wider. You sitting in the audience thinking you're seeing everything is unreal is also unreal. In other words, this is never going to appear in the context. This is always going to be content. Yeah? It's always in the unreality. What's seen is the reality which is context. What can be seen is not the reality. Yeah? And it will keep assuming, oh, I got it. (laughs) It assumes it's outside the box. It's like the mental state assumes it's behind the camera when it's always destined to appear in front of the camera. But when it appears in front of the camera, it assumes it's behind the camera. And it ain't. You're being seen yeah, all day. You're being meditated all day by mind, really. All day. It's never taken a second off of you. It's, you're the perfect object of meditation. <laughs> if it stopped meditating on you, you'd disappear. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you ever seen a dead body? that used to know, does, does it hit you that it's them? I saw my first one when I was nine. My mother took me to a funeral, and it was an open wake, and she wanted me to, it was a, a guy that we used to call Uncle Fred, who used to give me money behind his back at relatives' parties, so he bought my, I really liked him for that, <laughs> So he died, I was nine, my mother said, oh, Paul, let's go say goodbye to Uncle Fred, I wasn't that keen on it, you know what I mean? But she dragged, dragged me to the coffin, as soon as I looked in, I had a direct hit, that's not Uncle Fred, you know? 
it didn't stabilize, but it, it was very, 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 very abrupt and clean and very, very sharp. It was like, that ain't Uncle Fred. Now, what I've seen in hindsight, the reason why I, taught, I t- thought the body was Uncle Fred is because I was thinking I was the body. So whatever you believe here, therefore, you get it to that. Yeah? So things become real because of this thing. Yeah, without this thing being real, you know, yeah. So as soon as I saw that, that ain't Uncle Fred, yeah. So the body, his eye, you know, he wasn't seeing anything ever, you know, anymore. But I bet you if his face wasn't damaged, you took that eye out now, you could put it into a live body and it would facilitate seeing. The eye is not what's seeing, it facilitates seeing. The spirit or the awareness or whatever you want to call that no thingness is is what's looking out of us. We're not doing the looking. Yeah. So if you're the body, you believe you're doing the looking. When you realize you're not the body, you are the looking. Yeah. You are what's seeing. And you're not doing it. Just like we shared earlier. You've been seeing, as soon as you opened your eyes this morning, you've been seeing. Did you get exhausted by seeing, uh, like by 2 o'clock? I've been seeing way too much. (laughs) I mean, I had a quota today. I got the news, you know, from the seeing committee. You can only see, you know, or hearing, you know. Oh, I've heard so fucking much. I'm exhausted by all the hearing. No. Yeah. There's no effort at all in seeing, is there? There's no volition whatsoever. I can swear I don't want to see a bird if my eyes open. I'm looking out a window. A bird may fly by. I'm seeing it. Yeah? There's no fucking, I don't want to see that bird. I'm seeing the bird. Yeah? Don't you see life happens before you? You are an afterthought. You are produced by a mental process. Conscious contact is what's happening. That's the experience here. And then there's the interpretation of the experience that it's happening to you. Or on a broad scale, life is happening, and yet the mental state is life is happening to me. They're totally different. One's living, one's an interpretation. You're being offered both. One is offered in immediacy, one comes later. We think what comes later comes before. We do. We believe when the sense of self arises, it has a feeling that it's prior. It produces it. It produces a historical condition that it doesn't have. The self arises after the fact, but it says it's before the fact. It says, I'm the one who's seen when it's never seen a damn thing. It's never heard a damn thing. The body has never heard a damn thing. The body has never seen any other thing, ever. This thing has never seen anything. The only see that thing that sees here is no thing. Or spirit or consciousness. Nothing else sees. Nothing. Nothing is seen. We're all seen. Every last one of us. And the seen is not the seen. Simple, eh? It's like finally the horse is put before the cart. Now the journey makes fucking sense. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> So now you can go. Get excited, who cares? 
I get excited about mundane, innocent things because they don't make a big deal out of anything, you know? My big wins are totally fucking minor. <laughs> I could care less about big things. I'm going to conquer the world. God, who wants that? Then, they, then you have to have the world. Fuck. <laughs> I don't want that. I want to have a lot of shit. The shit you have will own you. <laughs> I'm going to capture. You're going to be captured by what you capture. You don't see it? It has to happen. You take a position. You ever see was a, a one magazine once. It was great. They had all these experts in certain fields and how they died. So one guy was an expert on juicing, and, he, and then he died by a coconut falling out of a tree. I swear. <laughs> then some lady supposedly was an expert on dying peacefully, and she went out kicking and screaming, made a big fucking scene, you know, blew her authenticity writing 30 books on the fucking topic. So it's like, it was hilarious. They named all of these authorities, and they died from the, what they were an authority on. <laughs> I love the irony of this place. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, the choreography. Anytime you take a position... You remember... I hope you're not political, and it's not the political part, but this was incredible to me. In America, 2004, we had elections. Yeah, 2000, and then the same guy, 2004. And their big thing was a wedge issue called... Gay marriage. They didn't want gay marriage. Yeah. So this guy was going to have a. He he had a a vanguard against gay marriage, and he hired this big evangelical teacher or minister from Colorado Springs, and he was going to be the lead, the lead person of this vanguard. So here he is. He's the spearhead against gay marriage, and he gets nabbed having sex with a gay escort for two years snort and snorting speed. <laughs> so, the, the vanguard leader of, against gay marriage was having a gay affair, smoking and, and doing crystal methadone. <laughs> you don't see the irony of it? It's so beautiful. It takes a position and it's the exact opposite of the position. <laughs> It's just—it's nice to see the joke, not be the butt of it. You know? <laughs> so, watch out for. See, if I thought I was speaking here, there'd be so many nights I wouldn't have shown up. Because my head has a lot of requirements. If who could or who could not speak, I don't fulfill any of them. I haven't meditated today. I did. I ate meat. I fucking I, I read Yankee blogs, not spiritual <laughs> texts. I don't do fucking shit. What not Blue Jays? Blue the, uh, Blue I don't even talk about Blue <laughs> So, but the point is, all you have to do is show up. Yes, you have it by giving it away. You don't have to have it to give it away. If you're willing to give it away, you'll have it. Yeah, it's a different approach, man. It works. Then there's none of you there. So you don't get it, so you can't lose it. You don't have it, so you don't fucking you don't have to defend it. You're not in a position, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it. I'm happy to see you, honey. Yes, you, yes. Yeah, you met the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. We met where at the Sri Chinmoy? Yes. Oh yeah, so good. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. 
Great. I'm very sorry. Yes, no, now I get it, yeah. I, I got you connected with some kind of gumbo or something. No, not gumbo, it's curry or something, a masala. <laughs> that was this, I like that place. And I know Denise and Joe. Yes, 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 yes. All right, well, you want to, what did we have to do, nothing? I have two shirts and one book tonight. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, did we any quick money? Yes. We're very organized here. There's a couple people who came a little late. Yeah, just pick him up if you have Yeah, so everyone's fine? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be here where we are tomorrow night. So the same place. The church is at the upstairs. Upstairs. Yeah, yeah. the main floor. Which is called the Eglinton Room, uh, just so when you walk up the stairs to your room. Yeah, yeah. You well, great. I hope you, you can have a tour uh, and see if it, I uh, hope at least some of you come back tomorrow. <laughs> and if not, we have Saturday and Sunday too, yeah? Yes, yes. It's always a pleasure to be back in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver? Toronto. <laughs> From Vancouver too, Toronto. At least I was in the right country. <laughs> so, uh,. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, come on. Yeah.